welcome back to Lighthouse Church Spiritual Warfare Podcast. My name is Benjamin Hobson. I'm here with David Thomas. Hi, everybody. How are you all going? And we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit, which is faithfulness today. We're just going to ride into it. Not going right to into meander it. around like no? I normally make a few jokes. Oh, well, you're not going overseas tonight? Oh, yeah. You're going on a holiday tonight? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, um, my wife and I are going to uh, Europe for a three-week trip tonight, which is the biggest adventure that I've ever been on as far as, I, you know, the holiday that I've been on is to Queensland one time when I was a kid, so, yeah. Well, well Ben, I just hope that and pray that you have greatest time on your holiday ever. Yeah. Really great. Thank it's, you. It's great just traveling around those places. We were talking about it last night. Thank you, Dave. We were talking about it last night, how it would be so opposed and Lena was reading a book by John Eldridge, and in one of his, he has a little story he tells of this couple who travel to France for a week, and it's like their lifelong dream, which is, this is my wife's, Lena's, lifelong dream to go to Europe. And they get home, and they're like, it was the worst thing I have ever seen. I had the worst time. He was angry. I was angry all the time. And John was like, of course, it's opposed. You're not supposed to experience that. Yeah. So, Lena and I have our shields up as we go on our... <laughs> Very good. ...and our journey. Very good. Very good. All right. So, we're going to talk about faithfulness, the okay. fruit of the Spirit. And I think you wanted to do a bit of a recap about yes, what we've already yes. gone through. Well, the recap is going to be good because it'll just set us back into the field of um, spiritual warfare. But the recap is also essential for understanding faithfulness. Mm. And basically, the context of putting the context, a context into bringing fruit into this arena of spiritual warfare. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, now... Um, so you're going to recap the fruit or just the whole... No, no, I'm going to go into a bit of spiritual warfare. So the whole year essential. you're going to recap? Try. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Okay, the fruit of the Spirit and the production of the fruit of the Spirit is essential for the freedom for your life. For you to stay free. Because Galatians, you're free. Mm -hmm. And Christ set you free. The fruit of the Spirit is one of the aspects that keeps you free all the time. Um, now, let's just go back and have a... a th this is probably part of my introduction to my book. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. So, uh, or, or one of the first chapters that I'll go into in depth in, in, in looking at. Now, when I... Um, shared with you about Sun Tzu. We spoke about what Sun Tzu says is that a general needs to take into account the five factors of war. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about the ground today and the path that's on the ground. Now the fruit and the growth of the fruit in your life is essential for you to be a deep sea Christian. Now deep sea Christian means you're out there and you're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. You're in the, the prisons, you're going to the prisons, Isaiah 61, you, you're impacting people's lives everywhere you impact. You're putting on the armor of life, you've got the fruit of the Spirit in you, and you're really impacting people's lives. You are looking for opportunities all the time to, to hunt men, to fish for men. Yeah. And, that's, that's what, and, and you're aware of this. Yeah. Okay. So now, the ground, uh, in one of the five factors, is the, is, the, is the ground, is the situation or the battlefield you find yourself in. Yes. And, and, and what happens is most Christians are unaware that they're, on a, they're in a situation or a ground all the time because we're in a war. 
And the warfare that we fight is not necessarily a traditional military battle where there's a front line. It's like more of a terrorist guerrilla war. And so we need to be very aware of the ground and the situation we're in. And that's why I keep harping on about the different types of deserts and to be aware of what you're in so that you can bring to bear the weapons you need at that particular time. Yeah, yeah. I remember that teaching. It was yeah. really good. And for those of you who haven't heard it yet, if you're new to this podcast... I think it was almost the first spiritual for 201, or was it 101? No, 201 was training and recruitment. So, one, so it was one. It was the first thing we did, it was the five factors, and we talked yeah. about the ground extensively. So go back and download that yeah. one if you haven't heard it yet. So the ground is our life. Yeah. Personal life, world system, environment, job, family, relationships, spiritual, church, etc. And um, what, what the objective of the enemy is for your ground is to make a beachhead. So he wants a stronghold, he wants a beachhead, he wants a foothold, we read that in the scriptures, into this life that you have and the freedom that you exist because he's got a purpose for you. And so we need to be very, very uh, aware of what it is. Now the beachhead could be something like an addiction, a habitual sin, uh, a relationship issue that you're in and that you should be dealing with, you're not. Yep. Um, Various different kinds of circumstances, different kinds of situations. So circumstances could be relating to the world system, the system of the world that is impinging on certain yeah. areas in your life, or it could be a situation, a supernatural attack that you're facing. Yep. Those those different levels of attack. Um, and they don't all have to be distinct either. No, they? they all they, they can merge. All merge they merge as one. You know, that's that's the sort of the the the, the warfare desert where the enemy is attacking you. Uh, an ambush or a campaign against you, yeah, or you could be attacking the enemy, and so you so the whole thing turns around, but you still got to be aware of the ground and what you're in, yeah. That's the first thing, that's the first thing I want you to be aware of, yeah. The second thing I want you to be aware of is the fact that in Sun Tzu's writings, he says that on the ground there is the there is a path called the path of life, and your objective as a soldier and as a military leader is to stay on the path mm. because that path is called the path of life. Yes. The enemy is going to, his objective is to get you off the path yeah. and to sidetrack you. And you can read so many different types of illustrations and stories in the Bible. Um, just to give you a, the, the parable of the sower, give you one where the seed gets sown into the hearts of people. Some falls on uh, rocky ground now, what is it? Some falls on the path, some falls on the rocky gr- rocky ground, uh, some falls amongst the weeds, and some yeah. falls on a good heart. And the different circumstances and situations in which the seed gets killed and the seed thrives. Yeah. You know, the path, that could be interpreted as the path, the path of life through that situation. And um, so with regard to that, the second thing I want to talk to you about is your planning tent. Sorry, can, we, can yes. we just talk quickly? When the enemy comes in, wrecks a beachhead into your circumstances, what he's trying to do is to get you to walk off that path, just to clarify, right? Yes. And yes. so you might get, say, the circumstances that you were talking about that are really pushing in on you, you might go after them a bit and stray off that path and focus on this area where you're supposed to be sticking to something different. Yeah, is that sort of what you're talking he'll about? He'll hit you with a temptation. He'll yeah. hit you with, you, you, you're walking to sin. You step off the path. Yep. Um, he'll hit you with a circumstance, worry. Yep. You start worrying, and so you start losing focus on what you're actually there for and what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Seed, seed falls into the ground where they're thorns, cares of the world, worries of the world, that they choke out the seed. 
It's such a good parable, that one. Hey? It is. This is one of my favourites. Yeah. I can't, like, just for me, the, the depth of that parable is where, you know, it sows onto the weeds and it grows a little bit. Yeah. And you can see that happen, can't you? Where yeah. the, so it does, oh, it grows and then it gets choked. Yeah. yeah. So, so in looking at this point, planning tent and path, um, the, I've got a couple of points here. Before we, before we actually go into battle, we need to have the path mapped out from beginning to end. So we need to have the objective in mind and we need to plan. How am I going to get there? And do I have what it takes to get there? Do I have enough in my tanks to get there? Am I going to finish this job? Yeah, that's a great Now that has relationship or correlation to faithfulness. But I'll come back to that in a, in a, in a couple of minutes. Okay, cool. All right. Now, with, with the planning tent, we have basically... The planning tent is there when we go out to war. When the enemy is attacking us, we're in a defensive mode. We need to be able to automatically defend ourselves when the enemy comes in and ambushes us and attacks us. And we need to be able to learn to respond instinctively with the weapons of God and with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is in us. Mm. It's become part of our very nature, our yeah. very fabric of existence. There needs to come a point in time where we, need, we, we do not need to think, I need to be faithful in this situation. It is just Automatic. our nature. Yeah. We cannot but be faithful in the situation. Yeah. We cannot but be truthful. We cannot but be a, a person of love. You understand what I'm saying? I do understand it's what you're saying. Crucial. It's a big difference. Yeah, that we get to that point. And how do you get to that point? Is the question that a lot of people probably ask. Habit, practice, practice, living, right? yeah. going out into the deep sea. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Keep practicing. Keep it practicing until it becomes a habit. Man, you 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 see what I'm like. I do we're dealing with you guys. We're dealing with you guys. You know, so many times you want to come out and say, "Oh, okay, we need to be trained." The best training is to go out and do the work on the storm. Yeah, you'll learn quick. <laughs> <laughs> Chucking them in the deep end. Now, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, "Where there is no vision, we all know the scripture." Amplified version says, "No redemptive revelation of God. The people perish, but he who keeps the law of God." which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. We need to have the vision. We need to know what the redemptive revelation and gift of God is. Mm. Because the primary purpose of us going out onto that path, and the primary purpose of us going out into that deep sea, is Isaiah 61, Matthew 28. If you're not going out for that, just stay out of there. Yeah. Stay in the harbor. Yeah. Yeah, stay in the harbor. If you're a person, I'm going to just change my illustration a little bit, all right? If you're a person that doesn't want to play the game on the field, but you want to sit in the stands, sit in the stands, but be quiet. Do not criticize the people on the field. That's, that's, a, my, that's my word to you. That's a great quote from, I can't remember who it was. Was it Jeff? Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, right. The arena. Yeah. Yeah. Much, uh, I can't remember it off the top of my head. I wish I could, but it's, it's yeah, this great. Yeah, it's good. It's on our webpage. Is it? Our men's ministry webpage. Life-house.net. <laughs> Check out Fight Club. There's a great quote. Yeah, there's a couple of pages on Fight Club. I don't know which one it is exactly. Yeah. All right. So before you even enter battle, the enemy in the planning tent, the enemy is going to be bombarding you to get you off track. Now, number two, the path of life, according to Sun Tzu, is through the ground of death. The battle, The battlefield is where death takes place. You have to stay on the revelation that God has given you 
to keep alive. Hmm. Now, it's incredible. What I did was I went and got out a whole lot of verses of scripture that talk about the path. Oh, really? Put a concordance. Yeah, just straight out there, bang, yeah. looked it up and cut and pasted and printed it here. Um, go along and do that. Go along and do that. I mean, I'll just... I'll, I can read it. Read, read, read the first three in Psalms and then there's Proverbs. There's all the way. All right, here's some. My steps have held to your paths. My feet have not slipped. And then, uh, do I, I don't need to read the front of him. 23.3. Anyway, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's famous. You should know where that I, psalm comes from. Yeah, out. yeah. <laughs> he, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. I mean, Pro- Proverbs is full of them. Proverbs 8.20. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice. Yeah, that's awesome. The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. <laughs> They're all really good, eh? Yeah, Acts two twenty eight. You have made known to me the paths of life. You filled me with joy in your presence. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. That is cool. <laughs> um, my third point under this, this recap, and this is where I'm going to start leading into the fruit of the Spirit. Uh you have to stay on the path of God, and then you will live. Um, leave this path, you're going to die. On this path is freedom. It's a hard path to walk. The Bible talks about the narrow way. Yep. It is a hard path to walk. But leave this path, you're going to die. Mm. That's as simple as that. But it, but once you get once you get past once you get past thinking oh it's so hard oh it's a, and you, and you get into the the big story becomes oh, easier no 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 it doesn't but well, it becomes you, fantastic you were talking about it the yoke is easy <laughs> yes yes it's comfortable to wear uh, it's see. comfortable to wear yeah but the path is hard the the, the battle you in a war yeah war is not easy yeah. but Man, it's great. Yeah. It's great to stand next to God and, and just step forward into people's lives and, and see. And, 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 yeah, the enemy throws arrows at you and, you know, you get hurt. and that Because that's why the Bible says, on the other hand, consider it pure joy when you find yourself under such circumstances, when you've been accused wrongly. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Just like the Bible is so, you know, Christian way of life is just so... Complicated yeah. and yet so simple. It's I, I, I love it. I love. Here's, here's a bit of homework for all you people out there. Go and read Psalm 23, and look at Psalm 23 and try and interpret Psalm 23 through the eyes of a general that is going into battle. I mean, just look at verse three and four. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, been, that's been relegated to be read at funerals. That is one of the, for me, that is one of the, well, all scriptures. Warfare. Favorite of mine. <laughs> that is one of the most exciting scriptures that is awesome. in battle preparation that I could ever, ever, under, ever read. I know. Me being a guy and a lover of the English language as well, I love the the way he he brings an image about even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, like it's 
Well, just think, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. enemies. Yeah, I'm feasting. Yeah. I'm fe- you, you know how nuts the Pharisees and Sadducees and all of them went when they looked at the disciples, even other disciples of other teachers. And there Jesus and his disciples are walking around and they're eating this, that, the other. And they said, how can they eat? I'm feasting <laughs> on the richness of my God yeah. in the middle, in the face of my enemies. And the more I feast on the greatness of God, the, the, the madder he gets at me. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, isn't it? Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I was an ordinary military commander in charge of a company or whatever over here, and I was now uh, planning a battle, I was in my planning tent and I was planning an, a, a battle campaign. Yep. That campaign and planning would be objective. Very, very objective. It's very crucial you understand this. So what I mean by that is... Um, I'm going to do battle, and there is a huge plane. Yep. And then on the on the on the right of the plane are these huge mountains. On the left of the plane, are, is this huge river, impossible river. Mm-hmm. Number one, I would put my troops on my right into the mountains. I would put my tanks in the middle, and I try not get cornered on against the river. Objective. Clear, straight objective. Yes, why why, do, why don't I put troops on the plane? Because they can get run down. Yeah. Why do I put them in the mountains? Because tanks can't get to them. Uh, okay. They can hide in the rocks. So when you say objective is that you get to have, it's like impartial. A, yeah, you bet. You're taking a. It's a backwards, not a backward step, but it's an overview, and you're not in the thick of it. You're not getting hit from side to side with you're emotion. Playing. Why are you getting hit? Because the, the the minute you get hit is when emotion comes in. When when it becomes subjective. Yeah. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So objectivity is without emotions. It's neutral. It's unbiased. Yeah. I look at this problem and I solve it in an unbiased fashion. Mm-hmm. When something becomes subjective, when my emotions come into the into play, or other people's emotions, or other as people's well, yeah. emotions come in, that, that that what happens then? It starts to skewer the development of a plan and the implementation of that plan, and that is the issue that gets people off the path. Yeah, right, okay. How often through the series have I told you, and how often have I told you, your emotions and your thoughts in the battle should not dictate the, the, how you fight or your actions in the fight. You stick to your battle plan, and irrespective of your emotions during an attack of the enemy, yeah. you stay strong. So that could look like, you know, if you send your troops, like you were just saying, using that analogy, into the mountains, they all come... Back to you grumbling about their sore feet because they have to go up and down a lot. That's sort of their emotional thing coming into play and affecting the plan, the objective plan. Oh, we can't walk up and down the mountains. It makes our feet sore. We have to move down into the valley. And that's not... Do you know what I mean? You can get skewed by people's yeah. emotions. Well, that would be... It, it, it would be a little like that. It would be a little like that. The minute, the minute you start to... If, if I was a military planner, the minute you start to bring in a subject from you allow subjectivity, emotionality, thought process, linked with emotions. Yeah. You start start to make a plan that is not the right plan. You start to deviate off the plan. 
and that can come you start at you. to respond yeah. in anger or in happiness or whatever the yep. situation is. You yep. start to respond. You're allowing desires, yep. wrong desires to affect you. Mm. Okay, so I, this this re, you need to really understand this. So It's a big teaching. Like it's something it is. you it's have huge. to really... And the analogies that we're using or that you're using is... I don't know. You've got to kind of really think about... <coughs> Mm, thank you. Really think about how that applies to your life. Like you're not, you're not using this analogy flippantly. You're not just yeah. putting it out there. This is a real. This is this is this is one of the one of the key factors. Yeah. When I'm when I'm coaching someone through a warfare battle, this is one of the key factors I watch. I watch their emotions and I watch their thoughts. I, I, I listen to them. What are you thinking? Mm. You know what is happening, and I, and I watch for them. And I and, and, and I make sure they do not react from, from a negative thought pattern or from an emotional high or emotional low. You've Stick caught, to the plan. Yeah, you've caught me on that a few Lots times. Of times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. thanks, David. I was going to say a few. But you can go ahead and say lots. But I remember one time because my wife and I we do a few things for ministry, and there's one season. Well, there's been a few, but there was a season where we were, see what lots. Yeah, <laughs> where we were getting just really the pressure, you know, like just oh, we've got a lot of things to do and we're running out of time. And so I came to you, and you know, oh, you know, Lena doesn't want to be doing the website, and I'm doing this, blah blah. And you're like, well, wait until you're out of this negative spell. Wait until you're out of this patch until the pressure's released. Then make a decision. Yep. And you're right. Like as soon as I came out of it, I was like, oh, okay, I can. I don't know. It gave me a bit more clarity yeah, during, yeah. and then out of it, I was fine. You see, that's why before you go into battle, you need to have the plan. Yeah. And you don't deviate off the plan no matter what you think or feel because that plan God has given you and it's the right plan. Mm. It's the path of life, mm. path of righteousness, path, path of justice. Okay. Let's we're, just take this further now. We're not going to go to faithfulness yet. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> 20 minutes <laughs> this is, in. <laughs> this, is, this is important. It's coming. No, it's Because what will happen now is you'll be able to put into context how this stuff applies. Yes. Okay. Now... When you're on the ground, okay, now I've told you about the ground, it's the battleground. Yep. Effectively, there are three character types. There are three characters. There are three types of people or three groups of people that you will encounter on the battlefield. No matter what your situation is, circumstance, whatever, these three groups you'll find. What are they? God, angels, humans okay and each one will use different situations and circumstances and uh, methods to impact the ground and the path that you're on so if you're in the training ground god's going to use a lot of stuff to train you yeah if you're in the sin ground god's going to use probably some of the same stuff to get you to repentance mm -hmm. you know that goodness to repentance mm -hmm. uh, if the enemy is there and he's, in, he's he's coming as a campaign against you. You will find you'll find him on the battlegrounds wherever you find. Him. Okay, now, <clears throat> if you look at each one of these character groups, mm -hmm. you need to interpret this as which one. When you look at one of them, and you're and you're making up a plan, and you're going to encounter one group on the battleground. When you encounter that person, can you objectively measure everything and anything they do and make your plans accordingly? 
or, or if ever you deal with them, is it subjective? Do you understand what I'm trying to say there? I think so, yeah. Okay, tell me what you thought uh, I was what saying. What I thought you were saying. Yeah. I don't know, like, if you're... It's hard to... It's objective and subjective. So if... When you're in the planning stages, are you going to be able to handle what, each one of these three groups when it comes time to, to handle it in whatever means you need to? Whether or not that your plan will stay intact... Or whether you feel okay, like no, you, I need to no? explain. Okay. Uh, it's good. We're good. It's good. Okay, but okay. Objectivity, subjectivity. It just sounded like. Do you have? Do you have? No, it's not, nothing to do with no? you. When you when, oh, okay. when you're making your plan. Yep. And you're going to find God out there. Yep. Is God? Can you analyze everything God is going to do? Hmm. In an objective in an objective way, way or a subjective way. And the subjective way is when emotions and thoughts and things yes. affect what you're doing. Yes. Okay. Okay, I see. Do you understand that? I think so, yeah. Okay, tell me. So when when you're going into when you're going into walk on this path in this ground, you have to think about um God Oh man, I've lost what I was gonna say. Whether or not... Uh, <laughs> I've lost what I was going to say. going to be a lot of blank space in this podcast. When you're dealing with God... Yeah. Can you deal with God objectively? Yeah. All the time? Or is there going to be elements of subjectivity when you deal with God and you make your plans to go into battle? So, what's the, so the point of making the plans is to maintain your objectivity? When you, when you are on the ground... And you are encountering individuals in that ground. You, yep. need, you, need to, you need to know exactly what is going to take place. So can you measure with a certain degree of surety mm. or objectivity that when you encounter God on the battleground, he will operate according to a specific manner and will never change? Right. That God will operate in a specific yes. manner and never change. And it will never change. Right, okay. And so objective... That's big, eh? Yeah, it is big. <laughs> That's why I was like, what? <laughs> okay. So objective... Okay. I think... Oh, it's a bit hard to, to wrap is, your mind this, around, isn't you, it? You have big to, thing. You have to get this point to understand what I'm trying to drive at. And that's why I'm... Yeah. Camping here. I'm hoping I'm not the only one lagging behind <laughs> <laughs> listening to you. I hope I'm not the one who... And everyone else says, come on, Ben. Let's get a move on with the podcast. Yeah, no, I think I, I think I understand. Okay, so what do you understand? Well, I think it's just... I'm not putting you on the point yet. Oh, well, you are. I'm, well, I am, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm putting everyone else on, on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they can begin reasoning and trying to get to the point where I'm trying to reach. And, and, and you're yeah. the, you their point person. Uh, you're their spokesperson right now. It's painful. I'll tell you what. <laughs> squirming in my seat. Looking like a... Fool. I don't look like a fool. I look like a fine human being. Absolutely. I think going on a holiday yeah, to you. Get away from you for a couple of weeks. Oh, and you're going to miss I, me. I love you. We'll miss you. We'll take you along with me. Um, I, I think the point you're trying to make is that will you be able to maintain the objective truth in when you deal with God, what is objective? Like you'll keep that overview. You'll have that objectivity and you won't be subject to things, opinions so, and thoughts while you're in the midst okay, of it. Okay, so is this, is, is, this, right? is this what you're telling me? I'm making a plan and I set my plan out. I go into battle and 
I know that everything that God is going to do on that battlefield is completely objective. And I can basically plan that object, plan with objectivity yes. into my plan. Everything God's going to do, I can plan it into what my plan is. Yeah, see, I, I don't want to say yes because I'm like, I'm boxing God in, but I think yes, that's what you're saying, yes. Okay. Let's go into it and I'll show you what, where I'm trying to drive at. Okay. okay. So we've got three, three groups, groups of people when we go into the ground. We've got God. We've got the angelic hosts, both fallen, fallen and um, the, the God's angels. And then we've got mankind, mm. fallen and saved, the church. Yep. Okay. When I deal with God, can you read Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 for me, please? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He will never change. All right. That's my writing there underneath. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> Gospel according to David. <laughs> I thought that was part of the scripture. I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Well, it's saying. Well, yeah, exactly, it is exactly yeah. what it is saying. Jesus Christ is the same. He's not going to change. Forever, yeah. He's not going to change. Okay. So if you're going to plan a battle and you're dealing with a situation, say within your life, and you're dealing with maybe a sin situation in your life, or you're dealing with a desire situation in your life. And you, I've seen this happen time and time again, where a Christian will go out, make a plan subjectively, and subjectively put God into that plan Mm. according to the desire, and they will bend certain scriptures. Yeah, I get you. And then go go into the situation. God doesn't answer them. And they come back and they're disappointed in God. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Do you think God ever changes? No. Never changes? No. Because to me, and I've been getting into apologetics again mm-hmm. recently, but talking about the timelessness of God, to me, change occurs over a time. And because mm-hmm. God's without time, to me, he's always the same. It's always concrete. Do you know what I mean? Is that, is that weird to say? It's confusing you? It's you confusing got a weird, me, yeah. Weird... <laughs> yeah I was <clears throat> okay. But I think that's where, what I'm getting where, at. Where, God, thing. where I think you're getting at is that where you, 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 I think what you're saying is, does God change his mind? Mm. Okay. I'm saying God does not change. No, he doesn't change. God might change his mind. I think God might change his mind, but he would have always known that he would. Well, yeah, now we, now we get into some like, really, really heavy stuff. But essentially, yeah. God does not change. His character does not change. And, and, yes. and how he responds does not change. Yes. Yep. And so you, so, so you will go onto this battlefield, yeah, and you will say, okay, God, um, I'm, I'm on the training ground. And God knows this is what I need to train you in because because I see you as I I have completed you. Yeah, that's uh, yeah yeah. And you are trying to short circuit God. Yeah. So you you, you, you bypass the training. You're trying to bypass the training. You're trying to bypass the sin desert. You're trying to you know you short circuit here and there. You're trying to wheel and deal yeah. with God. Yep. So you bring subjectivity into it. Yep. God is objective in that training aspect. He will not change. He mm. knows what is good for you. Yeah. He will not change. Yeah. And so that's the that's the um, that's that's essentially what I'm wanting to do. When you when you plan a situation, and you're planning, and, and, and oftentimes when you're planning a situation or you are in a situation at work or in family, oftentimes it's a conflict situation that you're in. Yes. And so what happens is many many times Christians will go in and they will plan subjectively. Subjectivity. Is that right? 
Yeah. Subjectively. 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 Yeah. They will plan subjectively yeah. and make a battle plan thinking that they can squeeze God's arm mm. into accommodating them yeah, get, yeah. and their side of the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I and think I get what you're saying. You understand? Yeah, yeah. So 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 you need so so to to plan God in to put God into your plans. Now that might sound really how dare you think like that. But you you making the battle plan. So it's to your bring, decision, yeah. bring God into the plans, you need to know the scriptures. You need to know how God operates. Yeah. And there is a standard of God that and, and, and you need to plan for that standard because once you sit on that standard, you're on solid ground. Yeah. And the standard at this point is the word of God. Yeah. So when you make your plans, plan the word of God into it. Mm, yep. Objectively. Yeah. Not according to how your emotions or thought processes are. I mean, that and that can extend to the entire Christian walk. And I think it goes into nearly everything we've talked about, spiritual warfare, that there's an objective truth that is God's and God's. Yeah. And you can get into that truth or you can be subject to the world, to, to Satan, to yourself, to your flesh. Mm. Or you can rest on the objective truth, which is God's. And that's yeah. a big difference in yeah. in finding validation, finding your identity. Yeah. Because God knows who you are. You think you know, but he knows. Yeah. All right. Next group, angels. Okay. And again, podcast listeners, if you're new to the podcast, we did a whole chapter on yeah. angels, fallen angels. and I don't know which chapter it is. Four, maybe. Around there, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he- Hebrews 1, 13 to 14, please, Ben. Yep. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Now, one of the reasons why I want to bring this in and, and, and uh, is, is because oftentimes when Christians make plans and when Christians do spiritual warfare, they bring to bear weapons that are not right for them to use in certain situations. Mm. And so we're going to look at very quickly. I'm just going to give you the chapter, verse, and what they, what they do now. This is important too, guys. Yeah. So I would suggest so writing this down. When you, when you, yeah, when you go in into de- uh, preparing your battle plan and you're dealing with demonic forces or you're dealing with the angels of God, you have to understand that they operate strictly according to the rules and regulations set out by God himself found them in the word mm. so when you're talking about the angels of God all right they are God's agents all right now this is pure theology you can read it in any theological book they will when when God when they mentioned as God's agents they are there as executioners of the decrees and judgments of God so whenever you, a decree of God is issued and an angel is involved, he will, he will, he will implement it. Yep. Or a judgment. When God sends judgment to the earth, oftentimes it's in the form of an angel. Yep. These are big boys. These are the, these, these, these will floor an army. Yeah. One angel. Yeah. Right? These are big boys. They're messengers. Okay. So that word angel literally means messenger and they servants. Um, and, and, and in, in terms of the, those three, Personally, I think only the one has relevance to us, the servants of God. They will be sent to, one, sustain you, Matthew 4, 11. Two, to preserve you, Exodus 23, 20. Three, to deliver you, Isaiah 63, 9. Four, to intercede for you, Revelation 8, 3 to 4. And when you die, 
they will usher you into the presence of the law of the Lord Luke 16 22 so when you're doing spiritual warfare mm. okay and you releasing the angels of God mm-hmm. that's all they do yep. okay that's all they do they preserve you yep. they will sustain you deliver you intercede for you and then when you die they'll take you to God mm-hmm that's it. That's the objective. That's objective. That's, yeah, it. that's it. That's it. That's what they do. You know, and you can wear angels on crosses. You can wear, you can think angel, whatever. That's it. And that's objective. Yeah. And when you get to understand that, you can basically begin to start formulating your battle plans very, very clearly. Mm-hmm. All right. What about demons? Okay. Satanic angels also have to follow strictly the word of God. All yeah, right? that strictly. You you go read that in the first couple of chapters of Job. Yeah, there's nothing in this world or universe or spiritual universe that God did not create. So they're all under His yeah. So rules, rules of His absolutely. Universe. Everything is subject to His rules. Yes. What are the on the on the battleground? What is the objective of the enemy? What is he going to do? All right. He is going to do everything he possibly can within the parameters of his operation. And you can go and read about that in, in, in the, the other podcast we did about the enemy. Mm-hmm. His, 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 his objective is John 10.10. 10. Steal, kill, destroy. Yeah. Whatever you have, whatever Christ has given you. Like a European holiday. Yes. He will steal, kill, and destroy it. He wants to kill your joy. He wants to kill your rest. He wants to kill your enjoyment. He wants yeah. to destroy it. Kill my marriage. Every, Everything. That, that yeah. is it. That is it. He is against you with a passion and a ferocity that we we don't even know yet. We no. wouldn't even know the full concept of it. No. Pure, pure hatred. Yeah. All right. Now, one last thing about this crowd, this satanic crowd. Um, Satan and his army has no authority. Or power. Okay, so he's like he's he's like a, a a person dressed up in a pseudo police uniform, exercising false authority, fake badge, and then trying to use that false authority to get a foothold in you and exercise power in you. The power he uses over you is the power you give him, mm. and the authority you give him. And then you place yourself in bondage because the power he uses against you is the law of sin and death. John 19, 10 to 11. You want to read that for me, please? Sure. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilates. 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 I always say Pilates. 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 Yeah, because it's spelled the same. They do Pilates. That's what I thought that exercise was back in the day. And it was invented by Pilates back in Jesus' time. A pilot. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said... Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. And the next verse, please. Next chapter, a couple of verses. Uh, Luke ten eighteen to 20. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. 
However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. See, so the their objective is to steal your authority and power, mm-hmm. and then to kill you and destroy you mm-hmm. by the law of sin and death. Mm-hmm. You can make a battle plan objectively with those things in, in place. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. It's written down exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and that's why we spend such a lot of time um, looking at them. And mm-hmm. so slowly building up this, this process to this point. Now, the last group is the group of humans. And this is where subjectivity comes in. Yes. This is, this is where, man... You cannot you cannot make a, a, a solid battle plan, you know. Uh, if you the, dealing with people, I've I've been dealing I've been in church leadership in one form and another, uh, another since I've left school. I've been in ministry full time ministry geez, since nineteen eighty seven. Um, the one constant is when you deal with people, you're dealing with the sea. One minute it'll be as calm as anything. Next minute, you think, where do these waves come from? Yeah, right, yeah. You know, you just, yeah. it, it's a realm of confusion. Yeah. You've got ungodly people of the kingdom of darkness doing good things. And you've got Christians of the kingdom doing ungodly things. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it is and the there are, And there are every shade in between. Mm. Yeah. Mix this up with deception, mix this up with religious spirits, mix this up with sexual spirits, and you are in a world of hurt and subjectivity. And confusion. Yeah. <laughs> so our Sansu says, if you know the enemy, know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. Now, my version of that... Which we've heard. Yeah, if you know God... Not yourself, for a while. Your enemy, yep. You need not fear the result of a hundred battles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when you make your strategies, when you make your strategies with regards to um, the, the ground, you need to be very careful. Meditate on these two verses of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 2.11, Ephesians 6.11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To keep Satan from getting advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions, his schemes. Yeah. Okay. Now that is a lot of there's a that, that is a lot of stuff to process. Okay. Yeah, that is a lot of stuff yeah. to process. Now, how do I actually bring the fruit of the spirit into what we've just been talking about now? And that's I'd like to spend a couple of minutes doing that. And yeah, I, go for yeah. it. Okay, so. Um, I haven't, haven't, we haven't talked to you about love and joy yet because those are the ones I've got to rewrite. No, we've lost. I've lost them. Um, but love helps you to continually go out. Yeah. Time and time and time I think again. you said that one yes. last week, yeah. Joy helps you keep your attitude in battle. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Yep. Peace is that development of that calmness within you in the middle of the battle. Yep. In other words, with that peace, the peace that passes beyond understanding... Um, you are able to make objective decisions and not be moved and you'll be able to you, your emotions will be going crazy your your thought processes will be going crazy but you you, you have to lock into that peace of God mm. so that you're able to make the right choices and stay on the path irrespective yep. patience we saw that you were able to endure the trying circumstances the capacity to endure the pain that you will go through out there in the war yeah. uh, character development to be able to keep on the path 
kindness, hard one. The kindness was there to be used to open up doors and the DNA, goodness, the DNA of God inside of you. So when you be good to others, basically it starts to lead them to that path of repentance. Yep. Faithfulness. This is what we're doing today. Now, faithfulness, I find, and it's, it's, it's an indictment on us. I find it lacking in the church. Yeah, right. English de- definition of faith, confidence, trust, reliance, assurance, conviction, belief. A strong, unshakable belief in something, especially without proof. <laughs> go back to the five factors or go back to the scripture of faith, right? The moral law. Yep. It's a conviction of a truth of doctrines. Yep. Now, complete trust and confidence in a person. Do you see why I see that lacking? Yeah. Do you see why I mentioned earlier on that it, it, the subjectivity of mankind where you've got ungodly people doing godly things and you've got godly people doing ungodly things? Yeah. A complete trust and confidence in a person, an allegiance, a loyalty to a person or a cause. You know? Um, in the battle, in the battle, while you are in the ground... This is where you see this taking place. And, and, and one of the reasons why, and, and, and this is another reason why we look at recruitment and training. In the battle, you, you, you shouldn't be alone. You should, you should have the church with you, or you should have a group of the church with you, mm. a band with you. The recruitment of that band is crucial. It's crucial because in the midst of the battle, when everything is going haywire, you might, have, you might not be able to see where that person is, but you need to know that they are faithful to you yeah. and to be able to support you yeah. so that you can trust them to know that they have you there. Mm. They're there with you. Mm. That is lacking. Yes, it is. That is lacking in the church. I, f- right. I feel this is probably one of the most sensitive areas for a person is to step out in faith towards another person and then by that in, in uh, inflection, step out in faith towards God. Your relationships with people can affect how you think and perceive God. Your relationship with your earthly father can affect how you see God operate as well. And I feel like stepping out in faith and trusting and relying on a person wholeheartedly is one of the most courageous and vulnerable things you can do as a as a person. I find. And and to add to that, one of the unf- well, by the very nature of the church we have to often besides our complete faith in God mm-hmm. we have to begin we have to also learn to to have faith in people yeah and so by the very nature of the church this fruit makes us the most vulnerable mm. and that's why you need the fruit of love I cannot tell you how many times I have put faith in someone to do a job and they've just bombed it yeah badly yeah you know what i'm saying really badly and and and, and then they've turned on me yeah and every pastor that I, I reckon every pastor that's been on the job five years plus will will be able to give you horror stories yeah you i've know? seen i've seen it happen yeah i've seen it happen to myself yeah so so this is this is a pretty 
important route. So yeah. let's 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 see if we can uh, give ourselves a health check. Yeah. How, how do you how do you health check this fruit? Yeah. Okay. Um, now, the first thing I want to say is this. You know, um, in the battle, in the ba- if you if you are a Christian, one year plus, and you can't stand now, and you can't be faithful now, how are you going to stand if the great apostasy comes? You know, Big Five. I always teach about end times, and I always say, well, these different birth pains, birth pain that the, 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 we we're in uh, what June. 2011 right now the birth pain that i believe that we are going into right now could be the birth pain it could be a big one it could be the one i don't know but i'm just saying we're going into a birth pain we're going into a season if you can't stand in the battle now if you can't be faithful Mm. to the truth of god and to god now you're not going to be faithful when the hard times come and so this you see how important this fruit is yeah to develop it's a, it's it's a fruit that develops towards god mm. and it's a fruit that develops towards the, each other in the church recruitment and training if you cannot stand now how are you going to stand if the great apostasy comes mm. okay that's 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 just put that in your mind lock it in think about that meditate on that five rule, five rules of warfare moral law heaven earth commander method and discipline now if you study the greek word from faith we get the English meaning is firm persuasion. Okay? In the New Testament, this word is used, faith in God or Christ or things spiritual. Firm persuasion in God. A firm persuasion in Christ. That's interesting. Yeah. So the main use of the word is your relationship between you and God. Okay? And this is distinct... And different from you and man. Yeah. You've got to lock that in. This fruit is primarily grown between you and God. It's to you and God. You, are you faithful? Mm. Are you faithful? Mm. When God comes to you and says, my son, my daughter, I want you to go and step out there. Are you faithful? Mm. When, the, when, when the pressure comes, are you faithful? Yeah. And when you're reading the Bible... And God says, I will never leave you and forsake you or forsake you. And then you, you feel like he has. Are you faithful enough to say, no, I'm relying on the word and not on what I feel. There's subjectivity. You see, you feel mm. objective. Are you faithful? Mm. Subjective. Let your thoughts and your fe- emotions affect you. Affect what, that faithfulness. Yeah. Jesus spoke on that, didn't he? About yeah. like a, like a, was it storm-tossed sea? Yeah. The prayers of a person like storm-tossed sea if they do not have faith. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get you to read three three verses of Scripture. Okay. Can you read 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 to 12, please? For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion, so they will believe the lie. What? And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Jeez, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I've read that. I must have skated over that before when I read Thessalonians. A firm conviction, okay? A firm conviction in God, a faithfulness towards God, will produce an acknowledgement of God's revelation of truth in your life. Now, people that reject it, God will send, God will allow them to go off in their delusion. Yeah. 
Now, no, no. That's really interesting. Yeah. Hey, you, you, you were you were talking about those those guys that promote evolution, and you got all the you know those books, the God Delusion, and all of that coming stuff. You know, yeah. The greatest show on earth, and you Richard Dawkins book. Yeah, I and highly then, and, recommend and, that you don't go and buy it. Well, and 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 we we we've just seen this week in the month of movies in June month where Richard Dawkins actually says that the origin of the evolutionary process begins either on crystals or with aliens seeding the planet uh it just i think oh, you're stretching it a bit there david <laughs> he didn't say that what he said was he he doesn't know but an option is yeah but he doesn't know how, how deluded is that yeah the, i yeah that's ridiculous I found it interesting, we watched the thing about the multiverse, about the multiple universes that people are postulating because there's such fine-tuning in our universe that, yeah, it's it's beyond comprehension that it would have arisen randomly. So what they've done now is invented. So there's this big machine universes. that makes multiverses. Where did the machine to make the multiverses well, come from? Beyond that, I mean, it's just such a step <laughs> in a weird direction about multiple universes where you can... All right, oh, sorry, no, I'm read, getting on my soapbox no, a little no, read, bit. Read that scripture. <laughs> Which one? Two Thessalonians. Yeah. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Do you understand the context? I think so, yeah. It happens to Christians as well. Christians who hold on to hidden sin. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he's writing to the Thessalonians. He's not writing to... Okay, next point, a personal surrender to the Lord. Yep. Uh, what are we talking about again, David? Just faith, so you can... Faith. faith. No, but I mean, like, in in this I'm regard. Sh- yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just showing you the different points with regards to having faith in God. Ah, okay, cool. If, if, if you walk away from God and you want to uh, hold on to yep. a delusion... What happened? God will actually allow you to release you into that delusion. Yeah. He doesn't force your mind. He doesn't force you back. You got to be faithful to God. You got to stay. Freedom, yeah. You know, if you if you you as a Christian want to hold on to a delusion, a lie that is not biblical, and you're going to delude yourself, he'll he'll release you into it. Yeah, yeah. But you will suffer the consequences because it's freedom. Yeah. Now people say, "Oh, that's unfair." No, you chose that. Not unfair. It's beautiful. It's amazing that he gives us the freedom to do that. Next one is personal surrender to him, and he has faith in us to turn to him. Uh, John one twelve. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. <laughs> and 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. Mm-hmm. So the objective of our faith has to be in God, not in his promises. Mm. Now, my final point on the faith checkup is the use of the word fidelity. Commonly translated trustworthiness. Now, this is more a characteristic of God towards us and something that we need to begin to learn to exercise between ourselves. Is there a, what is the level of trustworthiness? This is something I'm always watching out for. Uh, as, as a pastor, I'm giving a pastoral secret away here. Ooh. Oh, man. One of I'll mine. have your job one of these days. One of mine, yeah. you talk to no, me. No, you I better just... have a bigger, better job. Oh. better be bigger. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm coming after you. That's another one of your secrets, isn't yeah. it? Now, now the thing is, the thing is here is that um, the word fidelity, trustworthiness. I'm always looking at how far can I rely and trust this man or this woman to stand next to me, going into the storm, leading people to the cross. Yep. Oh, it's 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 yes. And I think that that scripture about talking about being given a little 
so you can show yourself yeah. as trustworthy with a lot is a big thing there. Because, I mean, last week with you, I totally ditched you and mucked up your day. <laughs> you, and that was a small, it's a small thing, but it's important, isn't it? Well, so I'm still suffering the consequences. Yeah, I'm right. suffering the consequences of that because, you you know, like... <laughs> I stuffed you around. I still have a sermon to prepare. Yeah, but do you see what I'm, what I'm talking about? Like, that yeah. if, does affect. Like, it's a small thing, but it does affect how much trust you can place in me. And so I have to earn that back now. Go and read Titus chapter 2. Really good, really good. Uh, what are you supposed to teaching? say then that you trust me completely, 100%. That's what you're supposed to do. I trust God completely. Uh, <laughs> dodging. You're dodging me. All right. Oh, wait, I'm reading it. You scroll down. No, no, no. I can read it at home. Oh, Titus, Titus chapter 2. Fidelity and trustworthiness. Cool. Oh, I'll read it then. Verse 10. Okay. And not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted, so that in every way they will not they will make the teaching about God our Saviour attractive. Yep. I mean, how, show they how, can be how, fully how, trusted. Yeah, how, how attract... You, you, you go to the world, ask anyone in the world, do you trust a politician? Do you trust a lawyer? Do you trust a <laughs> businessman? Do you trust an insurance sales agent? What are the answers? Never. No, no, no. no all the way along. Not, unless they're related to them. And... and, and, and you, you, oh, God, listen, do you trust a Christian bus, bus, businessman? Hell no, they're no, going to say. No, no. You know? Nope. Yep. But now, <laughs> now, Paul writes to Titus and he says to them, you show them you can be trustworthy. Yep. So when you go out into the storm, everyone is looking at each other. And you have to show them that you're trustworthy. Now listen carefully. This is not going to happen overnight. Just Because you walk in there and say, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm here to save you. They're going to look at you and say, what? Yeah. You have to show them kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And it's not going to be two months. It's going to be years. Show that you can be fully trusted over years of time. It's not something that's easy because you will make mistakes. But if you're honest, and like I did when I came to you last week, and I, you know, I said, look, I'm really sorry about what I did. If I had treated it more flippantly, do you know what I mean? Mm. You in trust is this thing. You got to acknowledge that. Yeah, you're going to stuff up sometimes. Yeah, you are. But yeah. stand back up. Keep keep proving keep pushing it. In. Yeah, keep, keep pushing, pushing in. in. Yeah, keep pushing in. Right. How do you use this? I've got. We're going to wrap it up now. So I'm going to quickly give you three points on how to use this, and then I, and then the new challenge. Another challenge. <laughs> when are you going to wrap up these challenges? No, they're for them. They're just out they're, there. They're out there. Just send uh, them out there. Well, actually, on that note, send us how you've gone with these challenges. Guys. Yes. Send us an email because we'd love to hear. Because we get no, we get a few feedback. Matt yeah, Ryan yeah. the other week was really nice to yeah. us. But all right, how do I use this? One, make sure your connection with God is secure. All right, that secure connection will actually be revealed by things happening in your life you, you, you will be changing there'll be evidence in your life of that change make sure that there's that faithfulness between you and god mm-hmm. make sure you are a faithful person mm. okay now this is crucial the next two points all these three points are crucial make sure you are faithful you are trustworthy make sure when people look at you they see integrity now in saying that the minute you are faithful to God and stand on the word of God and are faithful to God and his word, you will make enemies both within and without the church. Yeah. Shock horror yeah. statement. Yeah, that is true. Life and death. Yeah. You're the fragrance of life or death. You will bring life to people or you'll bring death to people. 
So get used to it. Make sure. And I think that can come out in, you know, the workplace and every every aspect of your life. You can be Christians should be the best at every single thing that they do because they try the hardest. They are the most honest. They are the most have the most integrity out of everybody. It should just be evident in their lives. And I mean my my wife, I hope I'm not hurting you here, honey, but for a while there at work she was really struggling with not being on the internet and surfing on the internet just during you know during her breaks and during time when she should be working but she made a stand she said no i'm going to be the best worker here i'm going to work all the time and that is shown through what she does at work just small things like that small things yeah because god knows there's a shortage of faithfulness and trustworthy faithfulness faithful people and trustworthy people out there yeah number three Make sure the people around you exhibit the same level of faithfulness to God and to you. So when you're looking to recruit, look at this fruit. Make sure this fruit is shiny, big, and real. Mm. It's not bought from Cole's supermarket and then just, you know, sticky taped on the on the branch. Yeah. Make sure it's real. Make sure there's evidence of this fruit before you start trusting people, drawing them close to you, walking in a band. I had a, I had a um... telling you this is. It's, it's really important, hey, because I was, you know, and I'm I'm not going to mention names here because there's a certain, you know, trying not to, anyway, there's a Christian ministry out there and I was, a friend sort of took me onto it and said, hey, you start reading this, it's good apologetics ministry, you start reading this. And I started to read about this, this guy and he's teaching, I'm like, this is okay, this is kind of interesting. But then I read about the man and he's actually in jail for tax fraud at the moment. And so I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to listen to this man anymore because he is not a hasn't got a faithful character. It's important to test that. I mean, that's just an example of teaching, but to then have in the storm to rely on someone so strongly that you need them there beside you in battle, like you know what I mean? It's such a huge step. So yeah, test their test their fruit, test their fruit, test their faithfulness. Right. Challenge, challenge time. Okay. Okay. Um Faithfulness instills a quality in you that never gives up. Okay? Now, how many of you are really exhausted about the, this quality of faithfulness in the enemy? He's a persistent bugger, isn't he? The enemy? Yeah. Friggin' worst guy ever. <laughs> no, he, he's, he, I don't know, he's, you could call it faithful that he will always, he never gives up. He'll never give up. Yep. Alright? So... How do you think the enemy must feel when he comes against you with everything, continuously, in all shapes and forms, different ways, and he finds you faithfully standing? And once you've stood, stand in that place that he wants. Mm. How, <laughs> how must he feel? Yeah. If you're feeling like that, how do you think he feels? Yeah. Living this fruitful life. Mm. Okay? Mm. All right. Attack but not destroyed. Shaken but not stirred. Oh. <laughs> James Bond. I get you, yeah. No, no, no. This is, this is, the, this is the, the, the challenge. Can God trust you with a job? Can God trust you where he knows that you will be faithful until the job is done? You know, there are times when God calls us out of one place to another. Yep. Um, but for me, it's not at the frequency that I see it taking place in Christians at this point in time. 
You know, I've, I've, I've seen Christians come and go in and out of churches, in and out of our church. It's, it's, it's more it, out than in. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's pretty incredible. It is. Um, you know, uh, I was in a church once and I was going through this horrific battle in dealing and bringing the church back into the, into the, the will of God, the obedience of God, simply just obeying the word of God because they were so out of whack. And halfway through, when I knew one of the battles was done, but I was, I was now headed into the final battle. Now, just remember these battles, the first battle took three years. The second battle took just under two years. So I knew it was going to take a long time. Two years of battle. I didn't know it was that long ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> if it was that long ahead of me, I would have given more thought to what God... Yeah. You know what happened? I was offered to be the pastor of my home church where I grew up in the Sunday school. I got married in that church. I was the assistant pastor in the church. I would have come full circle back in the church. Everyone in that church, the elders of the church, they were my Sunday school teachers. You know, it was like, it was like, I'm in the middle of battle here. I'm being besieged. I'm being afflicted. I'm in a small town. My name is mud. Terrible things have been accused of and all this kind of stuff. And the Lord is saying, my son, you can stand there or you can go there. What's your choice? Uh, that was the hard, one of the hardest decisions I I've bet, ever had to make. I know? bet it was. That, to stand. That is, and yeah. Oftentimes you'll get that. Yeah. Oftentimes you get that. And, and it, it saddens me to see um, how Christians will use God or use the name of God to be unfaithful. It saddens me. So my challenge is this. Can God trust you with a job? Can God put you somewhere and, and, and then God can leave you there and, and God knows you will stand until he comes back to you yeah. and you will have been faithful. Yeah. See the parables? This actually happens. God, the parables of the, the, the owner going away, leaving the servants in charge. Go read them. Okay. A faithful person knows what God has put in their heart. And even though times get tough, they will not give up. Yeah. A faithful person is committed to doing whatever God tells him to do. Yeah. No doing matter, it well. And no matter what the cost. No matter what the cost. The emotions are going crazy. The thoughts are going crazy. You're screaming and crying. Oh God, get me out of here. That's fine. Mm. But you stand. Mm. And God knows that you'll stand. Uh, a faithful person is committed to something through to the end. I'm here. I will see the job done. And that's it. That's, that, that's my commitment. That's, that's a faithful person. People in the world, people in the ground that you're in, the circumstances that you're in. People in Isaiah 61 prisons. These are the people that need to see this quality. They need to see this fruit because everything around them is unstable. Switch on the news. Instability everywhere. Mm. And they need to see this faithfulness. Mm. All right, I'm going to wrap up here. Okay. All right. That's the challenge. To decide whether or not you are a faithful yes. Christian and God can place you in a position, yeah. give you a job to do, you will do it, you will do it well, you will show him that you go far over and above any worthwhile expectations yep. of what you do in that job. Right. Some closing advice. Yep. 
Check with God before you leave or stop. Fill your life with faithful people and appreciate them. Yeah. Okay? Appreciate them. Yeah. God promotes people who have proven themselves faithful. If you if you finding yourself in a situation and you're saying, God, I've got all these gifts and talents, but nothing's happening, check this fruit. Yeah. Check this fruit out. Yeah. I, I, I can acknowledge doing that a few times myself where I am currently the media ministry leader of the Lifehouse Church. And it's not something that I have a great passion for. And sometimes I do find myself growing more and more, I guess, yeah, well, to use a strong word, resentful towards the duties and the things that I have to do. But it's when I turn it back and when I actually analyze what I'm learning, the leadership qualities that I'm learning through this, the the qualities of planning, organizing, all this stuff. God is teaching me so much in this and I have to keep stepping up and keep proving myself faithful and keep going above and beyond what people expect of me. What, what's, your, what's your most frustrating thing that I say to you when it comes to that? I don't know, David. You, you, what is it? You know what it is. Do the basics, do them well. Yeah. First in, last out. First in, last out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is so true, though. Hey, it's so true. And like, I do doing doing a stepping out in that faithfulness. I can say everyone listening to this podcast, stepping out into it, doing well, even despite. Uh, you know, staying up late, putting in the effort, and doing it well is no better, no better reward, no better feeling than having God. Joseph excellence. Joseph excellence. Yeah. yeah. Elisha was the servant of Elijah. Right. Joseph excellence. Keep growing this fruit, and you'll, it, it opens the door to the double portion. If you are faithful with a few, He will make you leader of many. Yeah. You know, when it comes time, you know you you've proven yourself faithful. And you persistent and you keep going, going, going. Mm. When it comes time for God to choose, just remember, God doesn't choose often the way we choose. God doesn't look for the biggest mouth. That's Saul and David. Look at the difference there. Mm. Mm. All right? King Saul and King David. Look at the choice there. Yeah. Big man. Above everybody else. David, little shepherd voice. <laughs> he wasn't even fit to come to the prophet. Yeah. That's how God chooses. Yeah, he chooses. He looks at the heart. And when the time comes... Nothing and no one will stop the promotion of God. Remember what I said at boot camp? The shift towards God, a shock when he starts to change you towards himself, and then the advancement. When God is ready to advance you, nothing and no one will stop you and keep the door closed. Yeah, it's like he's just pushing you forward and you just yeah. have to sit back and enjoy the ride. Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. It's good teaching, David. Yeah. Last thing, faithful. being faithful leads to an exceptional and excellent life. That God wants you to have. So that's your challenge, guys. Yeah, go out so, there. Sorry for so long. Oops, shouldn't have said that. No, you're doing so well. We weren't uh, apologizing. Well, at least I'm recognizing my mistake now. So it's, I'm, I'm developing that. I'm breaking the habit. Uh, I see. I see. I'm, I'm not sorry we went so long. That was awesome. I think everyone should feel good. They stuck with it and listened to this whole thing because yeah. it was full of juicy tidbits. All right, thanks, guys. We'll leave you there. Always check out www.life-house.net. There's a few resources on there. We'll be talking about quotes. Check out our Fight Club men's ministry, especially if you're in Australia. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. But other than that, we'll see you soon. See you, everybody.